I tell you what, I'm going to get right into it today. We are still in a sermon series. We got one more week left after this week called Real People, Real Stories. And every month of May or every year in the month of May, we celebrate and honor specific groups of people. And it's just like a celebration month for us. And last week it was Mother's Day. How many mothers do we have in the room? Come on, give it up for all the mothers again. Maybe you weren't here last week. I just seen another one. Uh, I think they've been missing for a little bit. Maybe sitting back in the back. I'm not really for sure, but brand new mother. God bless you. Has a four year or four week old baby. Seen you out at the check in station a while ago. God bless you. God bless you. I tell you, we honor all of our mothers. Today, we're going to be honoring all of our graduates. If you graduated high school or college, we honor you today. Can we give up, give it up for all of our graduates? think, I, I want to say we had seven or eight graduates, maybe even nine last service that we honored, high school graduates. So God is really blessing us with some people. And, and you know, uh, today I really, I really prepared my sermon based on equipping. And in this series, we're talking about real people with real stories and we're honoring all of these people. But I want you personally to have the best story that you could have. How many of you want to end your life with a great story? People to talk about you. I'm talking about people talk about you. When they're talking about you, they're going, oh, man, they done this and they done that. And, man, this was great about their life. And she taught me this. And he led me into this direction. And that's what I want for you in your life. And today we're just going to go to the Word of God. And I may put a twist on a specific text that maybe you haven't never heard before. I know you've probably, if you're a Christian, you've heard the text. But I don't know if you've heard it the way that I'm going to preach it today. So it's kind of amazing how God can bring fresh revelation and different things out of the Word of God. I'm excited to be able to preach this uh, Word to you. If you would, turn over to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to read verses 11 through 15. Before I get started, I just want to let you know, the reason that I want to preach on this today is because God wants each and every one of us to be equipped. For some of you, you just graduated high school. Some of you, you just graduated college especially for those that just graduated high school, life is about to begin. <laughs> yeah, did you hear that laugh back there? We all want to do that right now. <laughs> you know, life is fixing to begin. Bills happen. Things happen. You know, all of this kind of stuff happens. So what I want to talk about today is the people. It's those people that you have to have in your life that takes you to places that God wants you to be. You're going to have two groups of people in your life from this point forward and honestly, all through high school, all through junior high. You're going to have people in your life that lead you down this path. And if you will allow them, they will take you down this path. Then you're going to have people that will take you down this path, a godly path. I want to talk about those people today. Look at your neighbors and say, those people. If I had a title to my sermon, some of you take notes, just write down those people people. That's who we're going to talk about today. Those people who have influence in our lives. Those people that change us. Those people that we need in our lives. So Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to start with verse 11. Listen to what the Bible says. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Verse 12. Here's why God himself, Jesus, gave these people to us. We call them in the church world the fivefold ministry. Some of you that are unchurched, you're probably sitting there going, the five what? 
So just listen to us today as we teach you the Word of God. Verse 12. Here's why they're there. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. All the women say amen. Yes, to a perfect man. You've been looking for a perfect man all your life. You know? To a perfect man, listen to it, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14, this is a great text right here. Great verse. That we should no longer be children. Now, I can sit here today and gear this whole sermon around graduates. And I want to honor the graduates, but I don't want to just talk about them today. Because I want to look at each and every one of you and tell you there comes a time where you got to quit acting like a child. Okay? Even spiritually, there comes a time that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Verse 15. I love this. But, can't do that, but speaking the truth in love may grow up. Look at your neighbor and say, grow up. Now, you know what? how she feels now, boy. Look at your other neighbor, the one you really wanted to tell and say, grow up. Right? <laughs> may grow up in all things, listen, into Him who is the head, Christ. That we should all, God is giving these people to us. He's given these people so that we should grow up into Him who is the head, who is Christ. The reason that God places specific people in our life is so that we can mature, so that we can go further. Some of you have just graduated from the 12th grade. Some of you just got your bachelor's degree at college. Some of you, you just got your master's degree at college. You have now graduated into another level. Isn't it amazing, even in our spiritual lives, once we hit this level, there's still another level to go. And until I get to heaven, God never wants me to cease growing up and maturing. And there's a purpose behind that. Let me pray with you. Father, thank you for this amazing word that you've placed upon my heart. I pray, Jesus, that Jamie will just step out of the way this morning and that your Holy Spirit will come in and speak whatever you want to speak into the lives and the hearts of these people. God, we are amazed around here at what you're doing in our church. We're amazed at the word that is coming forth, God, to change and to penetrate the hearts of each and every living soul. Breathe the breath of life into us today. I can't do this without you, God. I need you this morning. But I can do all things through you just like everyone else in this room. So God, today, we just allow you to speak to our hearts. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. So in life, there comes a time where you have to grow up. It's honestly one of the times that none of us want to face. I have been telling my daughter, I, I just had a daughter that graduated high school Friday night. I know I don't look that old, but yes, that's me. Okay? So I just had a daughter that graduated Friday night, and I told Kaylee, I said, Kaylee, here's what I want you to understand. This was in freshman or freshman year. Did you hear what that guy just said at orientation? 
He just said at freshman orientation that these next four years will go by very fast and you will find yourself sitting in chairs in front of everyone, graduating to begin life. And he said this, what you do over these next four years will steer the direction, will steer you into who you will become in life. Man, let me tell you something. In life, there comes a time. Every one of those, those kids out there, those 18, 17, 18-year-old kids, some of them, I'm from Humphreys County, so some of them's like 24, 25-year-old out there. That's for all my Humphreys County people, right? <laughs> so <laughs> all those 24, 25-year-olds out there, listen, there has to be some growing up to do. And the people that are listed here in the Scripture in Ephesians chapter 4, these people are key to our maturity in Jesus Christ. I may get through two of these people. I may get through five of these people. I have no idea, but I'm going to stop when God says stop. Is that okay with you today? I hope that's okay. The first person that we come to, he said this. He said, and he gave some to be apostles. Apostles. Let's talk about an apostle real quick. An apostle literally is a spiritual father. We all need spiritual fathers in the room, don't we? See, see, I, I'm not going to talk about an earthly father. I'm not going to talk about fathers in this room today. That's going to be on June the 17th when we do that a few weeks from now. I'm going to talk about spiritual fathers. This is the person that can call your feet to the carpet. Are you with me? How many of you have somebody like that? How many of you have somebody in your life that's speaking into your life and, and can tell you, boy, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself? How many people? Do you have them? In 1 Timothy chapter 1, Paul looked at Timothy and he called Timothy a true son in the faith. Paul knew the importance of finding somebody that was younger than him and pouring his life into that person. Why? Because Paul knew there was going to be a day that he was no longer going to be on this earth. And we as individuals and also we as people need not only to be spiritual fathers to people, but we ought to be searching spiritual fathers for ourselves. We ought to be looking for those people. In Titus chapter 1, Paul called Titus this. He called him a true son in our common faith. Again, Paul knew the importance to pour in to someone else. Let me ask you a question. How many people are you raising up? I know you can look at yourself and go, well, I'm not an apostle. I don't plant churches. I don't do all this other types of stuff. Listen, who are you being a spiritual father or a spiritual mother to? Who are you pouring your life that God has put on the inside of you into? What are you doing for somebody else? Let me tell you, these individuals that's just graduated high school, they need people like you and I. They need somebody to grab them and pull them underneath their wing and to teach them the Word of God. I was 19 years old when I gave my life to the Lord. I was, I was maybe it was April the 12th and I turned, uh, on May the 14th, I turned 20, okay? So I remember... I remember, I remember being a 19-year-old kid that knew nothing about God. I knew nothing. And I want to thank God today for a man by the name of Chuck. Can y'all just say thank you, Chuck, real quick? Yeah, hopefully Chuck is watching online or something. I'm not sure. He's a truck driver. But Chuck changed me. Chuck made a difference in my life. He made a difference in me. You want to know why? Because Chuck at that moment in my life became my spiritual father. I was, I was saved in a Baptist church, a Southern Baptist church, a little small church. And we called it Sunday school. 
And I was, I was really changed and transformed in that little Sunday school class. And sometimes it was Chuck that took the time to not only just teach the class, but to stay over after the class and answer all of the little dumb, crazy questions that this newbie has by the name of Jamie. I thank God for people like Chuck. He was a spiritual father in my life. See, fathers train you up in the way that you should go. I'm not talking about train up a child in the way that they should go and when they get old they won't depart. I'm talking about a whole nother level. Fathers will train you in the scriptures. They discipline you. They correct you. I can remember being a young Christian and for the first three months I, I, I was almost a closet addict. A lot of people didn't know my addictions, but a lot of people did know my addictions. But for the first three months of my Christian walk with God, I still did drugs. I still smoked weed. And I want to tell you something, the Bible never came to life like those three months. You know what I'm saying? Y'all supposed to laugh, right? All the religious people said, that's why I'm terrible, terrible. But it's all good, right? But it was people, it was spiritual fathers in my life that was speaking to me and telling me, look, you can't continue to do this, but we're going to love you through it. It was through that whole situation. You'll hear my terminology sometimes. I'll say this. I'll say, you know what, guys? We're not here to uh, clean fish. We're here to catch fish. You ever heard me say that? Back when I was 19 year old, I got, I got taught that. Because this fish right here that walked up in the church was not clean. But I had a church that accepted unclean fish. I'm so thankful for churches that accept unclean fishes, right? Because spiritual fathers, here's what they do. They set a model of who you should be. You literally, when you're around them, when they begin to pour into you, when they teach you specific things, you catch who they are. Have you ever been around somebody and you're like, I want to be like him or I want to be like her? Spiritually, have you? Have you ever been around somebody and you're just like, man, I just, I hope that my walk with God is like that one day. Let me tell you, your walk with God can be like that one day. It can be. How do you get there? Well, I'll tell you how you get there faster. You get underneath a spiritual father. You get around somebody that's going to speak into your life good things. Amen? Turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15, I believe it is. Yes, verse 15. Listen to what Paul said here in 1 Corinthians. He said, for even if you had 10,000 others to teach you about Christ, you have only one spiritual father. That's all you have. You only have one spiritual father. Now, the cool thing about Paul, here's what he went on later in Scripture there in chapter 4, and he said this. He said, but here's what I want you to know. Follow me as I follow Christ. If I, if I get to the point to where I'm not following Christ anymore, don't you quit. Don't you give up. You keep on fighting the good fight. You just follow me as I'm following Christ. That's what type of spiritual father you need in your life. A spiritual father's role, we've talked about this, is to correct, it's to discipline, it's to rebuke, and also it's to call the potential out of us. I thank God every day, people, for these types of people in my life that have literally called the potential out of me. I was the guy in high school 
that, that went to a very small high school. I was in Kennett, Missouri not too long ago and I was reading through the Delta Dunklin Democrat because that's our newspaper there in Missouri. And I was reading and it come across my high school and it said Delta C7 graduates 20 students. I'm like, man, that's my school, man. Delta C7 went to a very small high school. I think 26 of us graduated the night that I graduated. Two years later, they had six graduate that little high school. But that high school, let me tell you something. I, I would go to class in that high school and I would take an F on, on a test if I had to read it in front of the class. Now you look at me today and you go, hold on just a second. Here, I don't know who, how many's in here. There's about 565 to 575 chairs and everything is pretty full today. And I just want to say there's probably 400, at least 450 people in this specific room right now. How could you do that? Because I had people in my life that were pulling the potential out of me. They would pull the potential out of me. You have to have those types of people. You've got to have people in your life that will not allow you to sell uh, or, or to settle for anything less than God's best for you. <laughs> Come on. Those of you that's graduated, you need to understand this. Those of you that have already graduated and you've been sitting in the church for 20 years, you need to listen. Why do we need spiritual fathers? Well, I, I'm a spiritual father myself. I don't need a spiritual father. You want to know why you need a spiritual father? Because of what verse 14 said. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro. That's why you need somebody like that. Do you know that 43% of U.S. children live in fatherless homes? 43%. Now, I'm not talking about those types of fathers today. I want to make a point, though. I believe that the percentage is way higher of those Christians who are living in a spiritual fatherless home. Are you with me? People who will speak into your life. People who will tell you what you need to hear. I'm tired of patty cake in churches. Amen? I'm tired of people just looking for somebody to tell them exactly what they want to hear. You don't need people in your life to tell you what you need to hear or what you want to hear. You need people in your life to tell you exactly what you need to hear. And if it hurts, it hurts. Why? Because that's, that's what helps us. But we live in a culture where nobody wants anybody to tell them what to do. We live in that culture. We can change the culture. We don't have to abide by the culture that we live in. We have the change agent living on the inside of us, and that change agent is Jesus Christ. Amen? So why are there so few spiritual fathers? I'll tell you why. Maybe people just get too busy. They're too selfish. They're worried about themselves. They're not looking to pour some, uh, something into someone else. They're just worried about their own lives and what they want to do. They're too busy going golfing and fishing and at the gym. And the list can go on and on and on and on. They don't want to pay the price to invest someone, to invest into someone. Right? And some people, they want to pay the price, but they lack self-confidence. Who am I? I can't be a spiritual father to someone else. Let me tell you who you are. You are a child of God. And if you want to be a great spiritual father, the way to be a great spiritual father is to have a spiritual father. The best fathers are the ones who are being fathered. 
Are you all with me? I'm going to go to the second one he said. And he gave some to be apostles and some prophets. Prophets. This is the spiritual advisor in your life that you need. I don't know if you have someone that's very spiritual in your life that can talk to you and speak into things and that can look into what God has for you in the future. But if you don't have those people, you need those people. This is, this is the person that gives you counsel or direction. For me, it's a lady by the name of Susan Watts. Susan Watts. How many of you know who Susan Watts is? Yeah, there's a couple of you in the room. Susan Watts has been on staff at one of our locations for years. Susan Watts hears from God. Su Susan Watts has a prophetic utterance and a prophetic voice. Can I share my story with Susan to you? Can I share that? I think it will help some people in the room because we need these types of people in our life. I remember it was in 2000, late 2014 or early 2015. I want to say it was late 2014. And I remember I, I had been the pastor of this church over at the old location, which we call 227, since July of 2012. That's, a, that's my tenure here. I've been here ever since July of 2012. And I remember getting burnt out on ministry. I'm just getting raw with you just for a minute. I remember getting to a place to where I didn't feel it anymore. I just didn't think that this was for me anymore. And I began to think things that I shouldn't have thought. And I began to make decisions that I probably should have never made, even though the decision I did make, God really used that decision to push our ministry further but I went to our lead pastor at that point. His name is Josh Hanna. He is now the president and founder of the Compassion Movement Network. And I went to Josh Hanna and I said, Pastor Josh, I'm done. Here's what I want you to do. Just allow me to be the teaching pastor in Dixon. And the church will never know anything. I'll just continue to preach and I'll be there every Sunday morning, but release me from all the duties that it takes to pastor this church and I want to become the CFO of this ministry because my background and what I did before I became a pastor I was really involved in, in financial things and doing some things like that and I love that that was a passion of mine and I thank God for a lead pastor that didn't look at me and say no and allow me to go through a, a funk that probably would have made me or forced me to quit doing what I'm doing he looked at me and he said, okay, if that's the case, are you sure you're going to stay with me? Are you going to preach every Sunday morning? I said, yes, I'll preach every Sunday morning. We'll change my title to a teaching pastor. We'll move forward from there. He said, okay, those were some of the most miserable days of my life. Because way deep down on the inside of me, I knew what God had called me to do. And I was running from the call of God on my life. Is there anybody else in this room that you've ran from the call of God in your life? Anybody? Anybody? Okay. So I'm sitting here and time goes by. It's probably a year and a half, almost two years goes by. Pastor Josh comes to me and he says, Jamie, we have an issue. And I said, what? Because behind the scenes, we were looking for a pastor to replace me. Someone that could come in and pastor the congregation, especially at the size we were at that point, and to take the, the pulpit and just be the pastor, you know? There had been about two or three guys that had came in, and there was one person that never liked any of them. 
You know who it was? Me. Oh, man, that dude can preach. He's good. What you think, Jamie? I, just, uh, I, don't, I don't think he's the guy. I just don't think he's the guy. And I think it was three guys. And after the third guy that came through, my leader, my spiritual father, came to me and said, Look, I'm not giving you an ultimatum, but I'm telling you this. You're going to have to choose whom this day you're going to serve. You're going to serve the CFO department or you're going to serve that church. You are stunting the growth of that church. And I was. You know, for that year and a half that, that I was in that transition, our church didn't grow much. We may have grew by 30 to 50 people in that year and a half. Maybe 60. Maybe. He said, here's, here's what I want you to know. You're going to have to make a decision and come Monday morning at 10 o'clock. I'm going to be by my phone and you're going to call me and you're going to tell me your decision. I'm like, what? Hold on just a second. Back up. Spiritual fathers will force you in to looking into the future. I remember Monday morning came around and uh, I was sitting there at my office in Waverly. And I hope this is not boring to you. I'm going somewhere with this. I was sitting there in my office in Waverly knowing that something needed to happen. I knew that here in about an hour and a half I was going to have to make a phone call. I knew what I wanted to do, but I felt what God wanted me to do. I was in a struggle. Have y'all ever been in a struggle before? I was battling with God. That Saturday night, we had a Saturday night service back in those days here at Compassion Dixon. And I remember going to a man, I don't know if he's here today, Wade Smith. Wade was literally on our prayer team. Thank God for people on prayer teams because I'm telling you, you speak volumes. You're awesome. You're amazing. Wade Smith was on the prayer team. I go up to Wade on that Saturday night and I said, Wade, you don't know what it is and I don't feel like I'm, I should tell you, but God knows I've got a very important decision I have to make by 10 a.m. on Monday morning and I need you to pray over me. And Wade prayed this beautiful prayer, awesome prayer, great man of God. And we went on and here I am, I'm sitting in the office and I just so happened to walk out the front door of the office and I look over to the church there in Waverly and I see a little white car, a Toyota Corolla, and it just so happened to be this lady's by the name of Susan Watts. And why no one else on that staff was at church that day, at that time, I have no idea, but she was the only one. So I go, okay, I felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to go and talk to Susan. I'm talking about the prophetic utterances in our life. Listen to me. I felt led to do that. I got halfway across the parking lot, turned around, and started going back. Because I knew she was probably going to tell me something that I didn't want to hear. I got enough courage in me to turn around and I went back. And it was the funniest thing. I, I, I'm going to have Susan listen to this because she knows. I've told her this story many, many times. But the funniest thing about Miss Susan is when I walked in, those of you that know her will appreciate this, when I walked in, she's standing in the doors of the sanctuary. And she said, I knew you were coming. God told me you were coming. Come on back to my office. And I'm going, no. No. Are you serious? 
God had already spoke to her. This lady has a prophetic voice. She's already seen what God is wanting to do in my life. We sat down. Long story short, we sat there. I got there about 9 o'clock. We sat there for almost an hour crying and snotting and praying. And she rebuked me over and over and over. Did I mention that she rebuked me over and over? She began to speak into my life. She began to tell me what God was telling her that God was going to do if I was obedient to Him. She began to speak all of these different things. And then she made a statement that changed me. It rocked my world. She said this. She said, God said, you're the most selfish person He's ever dealt with. I'm serious. That's what she told me. You're one of the most selfish people that God has ever dealt with. Because Jamie was thinking about Jamie. Do you see now, people, why we have to have people in our life to tell us specific things? We cried. I knew in my heart of hearts that that was the decision I needed to make. I was called to be a pastor in this community. I was called to pastor this church. I remember leaving her office, and as I was walking across the parking lot, that prayer partner that I went up and prayed with, he texted me. And he said, hey, I just felt this. I don't know exactly how, how it went, but this is pretty much what it said. I just felt this. Whatever you just heard, God said, do that. God just spoke to you. And what I just heard is what this prophetess, this lady with a prophetic voice, had spoke over my life. You know, I used to think that the best decision that I ever made was the day that I left Kennett, Missouri, resigned a growing church. Didn't have to, but I felt led to come to Compassion Church over 10 years ago. I always told my wife, I always said, you know what? That's the best thing that I ever did. That's the best decision that I've ever made. As I was preparing this sermon, I think, that the decision to call my lead pastor and say, Pastor Josh, I'm going to be the pastor of that church. I think that is the single most best decision outside of giving my life to Christ that I've ever made in my whole life. You want to know why? Because most of the things, it's not done yet, most of the things that Susan prophesied over me and told me about and spoke to me, They've come to pass. I don't think they would have ever come to pass at this church if I wouldn't have had one of those people in my life. That's why it's important to open yourself up to spiritual-minded people, people who will speak into your life. Now, I want to tell you something. Some things can get a little flaky. I ain't going to lie. I'm not talking about getting around some flaky people and they see all this and that and this and that, even though some of that stuff is good and it's true and all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about some good-hearted people that you know, that you trust, that you know when they speak, they're hearing from God. We need that as a church. You need that as, a, as an individual. Not only spiritual fathers, but you need a spiritual advisor. An example would be, and I'm going to be done, Jehoshaphat in the Old Testament he came to Elisha a prophet and he said how do we get water 
They, they were in need of water. And the prophet seen what needed to happen before God could do something and bring the water that they needed. And so the prophet looked at Jehoshaphat and said, Dig ditches. That's weird, isn't it? Dig ditches. See, sometimes people are going to look at your life and say, You know what? You want to know why you don't have a relationship with God? Because you don't even read about Him. You've got to start digging ditches. You want to know why it's not raining in your life? Because you're not digging ditches. You've got to have people. And then he said this. He said, if you'll dig the ditches, God will send the rain. Who acted first, God or us? We did. Jehoshaphat and the people, they had to act first. Now I want to tell you something. I'm sure over there in the Middle East, the sand and stuff is a lot easier to dig some ditches. Right? I'm glad they wasn't in southeast Missouri where that gumbo is and it's been dried forever. You know, but when the rain came because of the ditches that the prophets said to dig, when the rain came, everybody had water. What if they wouldn't have never dug ditches? What if he would have never went to the prophet to ask what should have been done? They would have died. See, some of us are dying because we don't have a prophet in our lives telling us the next step. Isn't that good? And most of these people, I'm done. Most of these people, I'm only doing two out of five today. Most of these people are weird people. Okay, some of you got it, all right. Most of them are weird. Like, what? What did you just say? In the Bible, they were eating locusts and eating wild honey and living in caves and just crazy types of people. Some people look at these people and say they're so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good. It's not true. You just got to listen. You got to listen to the voice. Why do we need prophets? Why do we need these advisors in our lives? Here's why. To be sure that we're hearing God. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. 2 Corinthians 13, 1. Why do we need these types of people? Spiritual fathers, spiritual advisors in our life, so that we know that we know we're following God. Amen? Let me pray with you real quick. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for all the blessings and everything that you've done in this service. God, I believe that you spoke exactly what you want to speak today. Let your will be done in the lives of every person in this life. You know what I'm sitting there and I'm saying, church, that you need a spiritual father, you need a spiritual advisor so that you can hear the Word of God. Some of you have heard the Word of God today and you know that you need to get some things right. Is that you? Maybe you're viewing it online and you know that you know you need to get some things right. If that's you, here's what I want you to know. God is waiting for you. He is knocking on your heart's door right now. There's no better time to reevaluate your life and to get some things right than right now. Some of you, you're sitting and going, I understand that you're preaching that we need these specific people, but I need Jesus. My life is a wreck. 
If that's you and you need to confess some sins today, you need to repent of some things in your life, would you just slip up your hand? Nobody's looking around. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed. Yeah, thank you. Anybody else? Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Thank you right back there. Yes, I see your hand. Yes, right back there. Yes. Many people in the room just raising their hand. Here's what I want to do. I want to pray a prayer with you. Say this like you mean it. Say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I confess my sins to you today. I believe that you died on a cross and rose on the third day for me. Thank you for coming into my life and for becoming my Lord. Today, I commit to serve you for the rest of my life. Thank you for my freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, give God a big old hand clap. Come on, people just gave their life to the Lord. Give it up for them, man. It's awesome.